This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we're on the topic of love. How many people's love has been tested this week? Glory to God. And I'm telling you, anytime I preach on a topic, it seems like I'm always, seems I have opportunities for that topic to be tested. So we're talking about love this month and, you know, Valentine's right around the corner. Amen. And uh, today I'm going to talk to you about the passion side of love. Amen. It's called Eros, but uh, more than just romantic, the romantic side of love, because, you know, uh, we need to be passionate people. Amen. And so I want to talk to you about that. But let's just recap a little bit on what we talked about last week and move into passion. Um, uh, we talked about that, that, that a part of love is compassion and that we need to learn to be compassionate people. And compassion comes through our own personal pain. A lot of times, you know, we, we, you know, and we're either, when we're going through issues and situations, we're either going to get, you've heard this before, you're either going to get bitter or better. You're either going to get, you know, you're going to get hard, you're going to put your walls up, or you're going to get better. Amen. In other words, you may get some lemons, but make lemonade out of it. Amen. And so we have to, we, somebody say, don't get bitter, get better. Amen. So it's just change that one letter. Amen. And I'm telling you, that, that's the key. We, God can help us through our pain and he can help us to get better. And that pain can be used as a platform for us to minister to other people. You believe that today? So, so nothing's ever wasted in the, in, in the scheme of God. Nothing's ever wasted. Amen. Uh, and also, uh, we have to remember this. This is real key, too. If you're going to walk in compassion towards others, uh, you can't forget where you came from. In other words, you know, God starts blessing you and, uh, and you, um, you know, he blesses you when you got saved, right? We don't want to forget where we came from. Sometimes the enemy may get us to look at situations and circumstances or other people that may not be following God and then their lives might look better than your life. And uh, the psalmist even says, how come it looks, the, the lives of the ungodly seem to be better than the lives of the godly? But you know what? This life is only a vapor. So even if it looks like these people are doing well without God, there's still, still a judgment day. And really, your life is, hasn't really begun until you enter into eternity. Amen? And that's when life really begins. Amen? In, in a real way. Amen? So, so, so don't get upset with other people that may not have God in their life that seem to be doing better than you. Amen? In other words, their life is just a vapor. Our life is just a vapor. And we don't want to forget where we came from. So, listen, we have to, to have compassion. We need to be around other people that have pain, too. I'm telling you, uh, when um, we were going through that process with my dad, going home to be with the Lord, um, it was a very emotional time at the hospital. And uh, I'm telling you, the whole family was there. And, uh, you know, one person would choke up and start to cry. And then that would cause a chain reaction. And another person would choke up and cry. And, 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 and it's for some reason, it was even the nurses choked up and cried. <laughs> Amen. And they felt the love that we had for dad. 
And, um, and so sometimes to feel compassion, you have to be around people that are enduring pain. Ladies, you ever watch a movie and, and your character is enduring pain and you start crying? Is there anybody like that? Men won't want to admit it, but men kind of shed some tears at the movies too. Come on, be honest, men. Come on. Uh, I call those kind of men renaissance men, <laughs> which means they're in touch with their feelings. Amen. That's okay. Jesus was in touch with his feelings. Amen. And you know, Jesus, you know, the shortest version in the Bible, they say it. I don't know if that's the shortest version, is Jesus wept. Anybody ever heard that? Jesus wept. I don't know if that's the shortest. That's what somebody said. And, uh, but, you know, I always thought, because, you know, he knew he was going to raise Lazarus. It was at the time where Lazarus was dead, and all the people were crying and mourning, and he, and even Mary came up to him and said, you would have, you know, my brother would have lived if he came earlier. Sometimes we feel like God is too late. And so, but Jesus wasn't too late. He, he was, he was getting set for the grand finale. So, so don't ever think that it's too late. Don't ever think that the, 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 the big lady has already sang, okay? You know, it's not over until, okay, you guys will get it. And it's never too late. And, and I always thought Jesus wept because, up until I studied it last night, Jesus wept because of their unbelief. Because didn't they believe that Jesus had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead? So he kind of wept over their unbelief. But I really believe now that he wept because they were weeping and that he was feeling their pain. And, and death, the Bible says, it's the final enemy that would be placed under our feet. Amen? And God doesn't like death. God doesn't like separation. Amen? It, it's an enemy. And so it, because it separates us from our loved ones. Isn't that right? And so, so Jesus did something about that. Thank God he only stayed in the grave for three days and he was raised from the dead. And so we can, we can have hope this morning, amen? And so, and so, so the Bible says when, when you weep with those who weep and you rejoice with those who rejoice. And that can help us have compassion on other people. Now, today I want to talk to you about passion and I'm going to have to get out of my seat here. And, uh, and uh, I want to talk to you about passion today, but, you know, it's more than just you being romantically passionate for somebody, Amen. I mean, you can have, you, we need to have passion in every area of our lives. Amen. Amen. You need to be passionate about, you know, God. You need to be passionate about your relationships with other people. You need to be passionate about, if you have a job, you know, you, you, your, your work. You need to be passionate. And I'm telling you, it's not the smart people that get ahead in life. Uh, it's not the, the smartest people. I don't think it's, it's the most passionate people that move forward in life. And I don't know about you, but I, don't, I want some passion in my life. I want, to get, I want to be a passionate person in all that I do. When I, when I, I worked out yesterday, it was probably the first time in about three weeks I worked out. It's, I've been missing the gym. And, um, and when I'm there, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm grunting. I'm passionate. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody grunt when they work out? Let me hear a grunt. No, okay. But, but I'm like, and, and sometimes I'm at, you know, I'm at the gym that's the no judgment gym. And they get mad at you if you grunt. They get mad at you if you drop weights. And I, I'm passionate. They say, sir, pastor, pipe down, you know. And, uh, you know, I had them kind of look at me and say, hey, no, no. 
How many people? You just need to get passionate. Amen. And uh, it's like, let me just tell you the story. I've said, I gave this story before, it, but it's like this guy that was dating this girl and he was really excited about his relationship with this girl. And, and so he was dating her and he was on the phone with her and said, you know, I'm going to come over. You know, I, what he said to her was, you know, I would swim the, 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 the longest oceans to get to you. I'd climb the highest mountains to get to you. You know, I, I, I would do almost anything to get to you. And then he says, if it doesn't rain tomorrow, I'll be over. <laughs> you know, that, that's not passion. That's not passion. You, you, in other words, passion, you'll, you'll do it in the rain. Passion, you'll climb a mountain. Passion, you'll get to church on Sunday morning. Passion, no matter what it looks like. If it's raining, snowing, you know, I'm telling you, we need to be like the mail service. It's, it serves even in the rain and the snow. We serve God no matter what it looks like because we're passionate about God. So I want to talk to you about developing passion this morning. And, and so how, how do we keep passion alive? Really, the, the key way is to develop a fellowship in maintaining communication with God and people. Amen? You know, the greatest commandment I talked about last week that is to love God with all your what? Heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And what's the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. And, all, and on those two commandments hang the entire law of the prophets. So what are we called to do? We're called to love God and we're called to love others. And we need to be passionate about our love towards God and our love towards others. Amen. Let's um, look at Luke 6, 12 through 13. And we're going to look at this because it's important. This is a key way to know if you're passionate. How many prayer warriors do we have in here today? Amen. Look at Luke 6, 12 to 13. It says, now it came to pass, this is talking about Jesus. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and to continue all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. So we see this that, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people and, you know, how many people want it easy? You know, everybody wants it easy. Nobody's raising their hand on this one. But uh, no, I'm not going to raise my hand on that. Everybody wants it easy. But, you know, we're not we're not in a gospel of convenience. Everybody wants the gospel of convenience, don't we? But, you know, serving God is not always convenient. It's not always. Come on, get your head out of the clouds. It's not always convenient serving God. And really, we're, we're in a gospel of what? Commitment. So it's not a gospel of convenience. It's not what we want all the time. What does God want? What is God desiring in our life? What is, how much is God in our life? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? How much are we uh, allowing God to move and work through our lives? Amen. And so really, it's a gospel of commitment. And here we see that Jesus just didn't have a 20-minute prayer service. Amen. He prayed all night. Think about that. Uh, you know, I know some churches, they do this. They say, let's get together and pray all night. I've never done that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm committed or not. Amen. But I do love to pray. Amen. And, uh, but, but Jesus prayed all night 
so he could pick his disciples. Do you, sometimes we think because Jesus was the son of God, he was exempt from doing some things. You think about that. No, no, Jesus is more committed than most of us. So, in other words, Jesus set the bar. <laughs> and that bar all, all night long. You know, I think that's a song. But anyway, um, prayer, prayer all night long. And that prepared him. I'm going to say this. If you're going to maintain passion for God, you know, I see some of these older preachers and, you know, some of them are in their 80s and they're still fired up about God. They're still serving God. They're not retiring. They're refiring. And I'm thinking, man, you know, anybody can start off good. Anybody, oh, yeah, I'm good. I remember back when I was a kid and uh, anybody remember the 360? I think it was called the 360. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I think it was called 360. But you ran around a track. You know, there's a 50-yard dash. You know, that was a short, you know, a 50-yard dash. You run a little uh, 50 yards. See how fast you could do it. Remember that back in school? Anybody? But then you had to run around that track like two and a half times or something. Does anybody remember what it was called? Well, let's just say it was called the 360. Amen? I don't know. But... <laughs> Just call it 360. I don't have to Google that. But anyway, uh, but anyway, I I started off. Anybody remember those day, days when you got to run around that track? Does, am, is, am I connected to anybody today? Did anybody used to go to school? Come on, help me here. And uh, and I I started off running fast. I was out there. I was like running the 360 within a 50 yard dash. You know what I'm talking about? I was way ahead of everybody. I was like, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. But by the time I was halfway around the track, I started running out of steam. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody started passing me up. And I started off good, but I ended up last. Why? Why? What happened, man? I thought I could keep the momentum going. I learned a serious lesson. You've got to pace yourself on the 360. You can't run it like a 50. What, what am I saying? I'm saying that, you know, for us to maintain our passion, um, we're going to have to continue our relationship with God. In other words, you know, God's not looking for, listen, he, he's not looking for us to be cold and he's not looking for us to be lukewarm. Amen. In the book of Revelation, there were some churches that Jesus, you know, reprimanded. And he said some good things about the churches, but he, he would say some things like, I have this one thing against you. I don't want Jesus having this one thing against me. Amen. You know, I don't want that one thing. You know what I'm saying? And the one thing he said, you know, you do good, you're doing all this great stuff, but you, you've, you've kind of, you, you lost your first love. And, and he said, go back and do what you used to do to get it back. Well, what did you used to do? Well, some of us are out of church. We're, we're not attending church like we need to, for all those that are watching online, okay? And uh, uh, some of us aren't being, you know, are committed to coming out to church. And I'm telling you, it's great online. I thank everybody that's watching online. You, I know you guys are getting ready to come to church. But there's something about being in the church. There's something about the presence of God. In, when, when you're sitting, see, when, when you... Make the effort. See, God blesses faith. He blesses faithfulness. He blesses people that take the extra effort and the extra time to come to church to be in his presence. 
You will get a little bit online, but you'll get so much more in the service. Can I get a glory to God in here? See, I'm telling you, man, these people are fired up. They're hot for Jesus. Amen. So passion. So, So here, you know, Jesus prayed all night. To maintain passion, we have to continue to pray. I'm going to, can I combine this if you're in a relationship, a marriage relationship? Do we have any married couples in here? Anybody? Amen. And uh, you married people, you know, if you want to maintain some passion, pray with your spouse. That will create intimacy. Pray. Not, not, don't pray this. Lord, I hope, I hope that you fix my woman. You know, don't say stuff like that. Or ladies, I hope that you fix my man. No, no, no. Pray sincere prayers for each other. Amen. Pray for other people. Amen. Prayer. You incorporate prayer. A family that prays together. Oh, you guys need to be up here. You pray together and what? You stay together. Amen. Ah, oh, man, I thought I made that up. But anyway, so we look at here. So, so we see that Jesus maintained his passion by prayer. Uh, number two, Jesus maintained his passion for church and the community of prayer with others, uh, for, for, for himself and for others. Let's look at Matthew 21, 12 and 14. What I'm saying to you today is, Jesus had a passion for the church. He, had a, he has a passion for the church. And in and, and Matthew 21, 12 and 14, it says it this way. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables and the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Now, when I, when I added that, that last, you know, because you don't normally see that in the verse. You always hear about Jesus knocking over the money changers' tables. And what were they doing? They were making God's house a marketplace. I thank God I'm not selling CDs, you know, to to buy my latest CD. You know, and I know there might be a place for it, but, you know, I'm glad that we give the word out free here. I'm glad if you want a CD of the message, we'll send you one free. We've given out thousands of CDs free in this ministry. We're not looking to turn a dollar on a CD. Amen. Now, you know, that's my conviction. Now, if it's, it's somebody else, now I know there's other type of ministries that aren't churches and, they're, and they sell CDs and that's fine. They have to be on the air and that's different. But, but this is church. And, you know, I believe, you know, as a pastor, the word of God should be free. Amen. 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 Glory to God. That's why we've given thousands of CDs out over the years. Glory to God. And so, and so again... Jesus had a zeal for the church. He had a zeal for the church. And he wanted the church, that, that people to be operating in the church building in the right way. And, and he said in a church, it should be a house of prayer. What does that mean? A house of communication to God. A house where we're praying. Uh, and, you know, if you want, listen, if you want to maintain uh, uh, the, the passion in your life, uh, and, and especially you married folks, then you should come to church together. 
Amen? Come to church together as a family. Come to church. Sometimes we see, you know, people come to church and, and, and some show up and, and half the family showing up. But come to church together. God, I'm telling you, there's something about coming together in unity and being in, in, under a church and, and, and the word going forth and prayer going forth. I'm telling you, it, create, it can create passion in your life. Amen. Amen. And so here, Jesus was passionate and he, was pa- and he prayed for people that had prayer needs and they were healed in the church. Some, listen, I'm telling you, if you need a healing, come to church. If you need a deliverance, come to church. I'm telling you, that's where the power of God, you can get healed just sitting. You can get delivered just sitting in church. Do you believe that? I remember I was in church many years ago and I was vexed with the wrong spirit was on me. It was a spirit of fear and I was dealing with this. I was a young Christian. I was a brand new Christian and not, not everybody that's religious is godly. And some people that are religious can put the fear of God in you and it's not even Bible. And you got to be careful with religious people. They know just enough word to get you in so much condemnation, you're about ready to jump off a cliff. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So I was in a place in my, my walk with, with God and I remember because I was going through a divorce and the lady said to me, well, you know, if you get divorced, you can never get married again. That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that. You need to read your Bible and rightly divide your Bible. So I was going through a divorce and thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to be a eunuch. I was really, you know, and, and the Bible has very clear things about people that have been married and divorced. Listen, if the spouse doesn't want to stay with you. You know, there's a couple reasons for divorce. One is adultery. That's grounds of divorce. Especially if that unfaithful person, spouse, continues to do adultery, then you need to kick them to the curb. You don't need to endanger your life because of their indiscretions. Because it's dangerous out here. Amen? And so you got, you got, you know, and, but, but love... Amen. I'm talking about somebody that continues to do it and doesn't repent and keeps doing it and doesn't want to get right. Then you might have to kick them to the curb. But, you know, but there is always grace. And even somebody that has committed infidelity, God can restore and make the marriage even better. Amen. There's another side of it. Amen. So I want to I want to get this little balanced here. Amen. I don't want to, you know, I'm talking about God can work the miracle. In your relationship. Amen. Amen. And so, so we're talking about that, 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 that marriages, that, that God wants to bless marriages. Amen. He wants to bless your marriage and he wants to make your marriage. He wants to give you passion in your marriage. You know, you, prayer, God will give you ideas on how you can gain favor with your spouse. Thanks for that light amen there. God, God gave me a... God gave me a, a, a Gave, gave me an idea on how to just, just to gain more favor with my spouse, with my wife. And the Lord gave me an idea, you know, buy her some jewelry. And, uh, and you know what? I, I bought her some jewelry, and I was so excited about that, you know. And, and, I, and you know, I used to sell jewelry. And uh, so when I buy something, I try to buy it right, and I don't buy the cheap stuff, I'm, you know, so I have to, you know what I'm talking about? Amen. 
And, uh, but you know what? I had so much fun. It was such an adventure just trying to find just the right piece of jewelry for her. And you know what? That created passion in me. I was so excited to give it to her. Give her the diamond. You know, I, I bought her a pair of diamond earrings. And I was just so excited. I was calling everybody. I got a great deal on a pair of diamond earrings. And I, mean, I was just so excited about it. And she's been wanting diamond earrings for a long time. And you know what? Your spouse deserves it. Amen. Some of you have been married for a little while, man. And, they, and your spouse has put up with you for so long. Amen. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> some of you aren't, aren't, aren't. Some of you, when you got married, you were a piece of work. You know what I'm talking about. But now, now you're, you're, a, you're a work in progress. Amen. Can I continue with this message before I mess it up? So anyway, let me just say this. So I was in fear that I would have to become a eunuch. Let me, I've, now I remember. And I was in church. And, the, and, the pre, and, and thank God. I, 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 and also, if your spouse, even if there's no adultery, but if your spouse leaves you, then, then you're not subject to bondage, Apostle Paul says. In other words, then you're free to remarry. I hope this sets some people free today. Amen? If you, can't keep, you can't keep a spouse by staying, you know, by trying to keep, on, keep holding on to them. If they want to go, then what can you do? But you're under no bondage, the Bible says. Which means that if you have a desire to get married again, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And I had a desire and God blessed me with Yen. Amen. And Yen's been a, a super blessing to me. Amen. And I'm still trying to be a blessing to her. Glory to God. Amen. And so, okay, now, the third key to maintaining passion, uh, Jesus maintained passion for the works of God through community evangelism. Listen, if you want, man, if you want to get excited about God and have the passion, then, then what you need to do is you need to go out and witness to somebody. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you get so excited about the things of God. You start witnessing to people about what God has done for you. And what that does, it reminds you of how good God has been to you. And it gets you so excited, you get out of your depression. You know, the enemy wants you looking at what you don't have, what you've been through, you know, the country song thing, right? And But no, listen, you start talking about how good God is. You know, you, start, you will start to believe yourself. God is good. He's good, amen? And, and community evangelism. Look at Luke 10.1. It says it this way. It says, and these things the Lord appointed 70 others also... And sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So we see that, uh, that, that, that Jesus was preparing the towns that he was going into. And they were going in and they were um, preaching the gospel. And they always went two by two. Why? You, it's all, that's, that's a good number. In other words, when you go out you know, witnessing, it's always good to have somebody with you. It's always good to have somebody with you to encourage you. And, you know, it's powerful. Even, you know, sometimes we would have, when we used to go out witnessing, knocking on doors, um, and uh, we would have even uh, husband and wife that would come together. And that, when you're doing something and you're on a goal or a vision, you're, you're working together for something, 
that, that passion, the fire of that relationship can maintain. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so here in Luke 17, 21, let's read this. We're going to drop down to verse uh, uh, 17 through 21. It says, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the... Now look at this. The 70 that went out came back with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan. Now this is Jesus. Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in that. In, do not rejoice in that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That, now, look at what Jesus did right after that. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have not hidden these things from the wise, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. So Jesus was so excited that not only could he do miracles, that he could lay hands on the sick, but he was excited that the people that he was raising up, because he wasn't going to be there all the time, was going out and doing the works of Jesus. And he was saying, Woo, glory to God for those that have childlike faith that's willing to go out and pray and witness and knock on doors. I'm going to download some joy. They're going to maintain some fire on the inside. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Whenever you talk about the Lord, I, you may be coming from a depression. I'm telling you, some, I used to do call ministry. This is before I was even a minister. And I'd call people and just lift them up. Tell them how good God is. Tell, you, should, you know, I would see something in the scriptures and, and call somebody and say, man, I saw this in the scripture. This is so awesome. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? That's how you maintain the fire of God in your lives. Glory to God. So through, through a passion, through evangelism, amen? Through community evangelism. Also, you know, doing it with others. And, and there's something about that that creates unity and power and the presence of God. Number four, Jesus maintained passion through, through one-on-one evangelism. Look at John 4, 5, 5 through 7. It says it this way. So, and this is Jesus. He went to the city of Samaria. So, so he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sinkar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied of his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And then uh, the woman of Samaria said to him, dropping down to verse 9 and 10. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is to say to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and I would have given you, given you living water. So we see this, that Jesus, you know, he was tired. He was, he, he, he was fatigued. I read that very beginning because he was tired. He was weary from his journey. And so, but he saw an opportunity. And I'm telling you, you can be tired, you can be weary, but when you see an opportunity to minister to somebody and you start doing that, 
I'm telling you, God will download his strength on the inside of you. And pretty soon you will forget about how tired or weary you are and, you start, and you'll be enveloped with the power of God to witness to other people. I'm telling you, I could come, I could be, man, I could be, you know, before I come up here to preach, I could be dealing with all kinds of issues. I could be, you know, things could be weighing on me and I, and I'm allowing, you know, and, and, and I could be allowing those things to happen. But when I come up here and I start, start, get my eyes off myself and get my eyes focused on Jesus and focus on blessing you, then I'm telling you, God just downloads the, the passion. On the inside. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? See, you, there's a song that says, forget about yourselves, concentrate on him and worship him. Just forget about yourselves and concentrate on him and worship him. Anybody remember that song? Just forget about yourselves and concentrate on him and worship Christ the King. Thank you. I got some singers in this. Our Lord. And when you forget about yourself, glory to God, and you start realizing that you got purpose. You have purpose. You're not just a bump on the log, you know, ready to be knocked off by the devil. No, you have purpose. God has raised you up for purpose. God has given you the reason why he didn't just strike you dead when you got saved. Because he has put so much purpose on the inside of you. He wants you walking out and doing the works of Jesus. Glory to God. You got, you have too many, you got too much life to live. You got too much purpose on the inside of you for it to be wasted. The devil will try to tell you that you're sometimes that you're wasting your time or or that that you're never going to amount to anything or things aren't going to ever progress. And the enemy will try to do that. But if you don't grow weary in well doing, if you don't give up, if you don't faint, if you don't throw in the towel. See, I love Rocky. And, you know, I love the, the movie Rocky. Anybody remember the movie Rocky? And I love Rocky because it was, he was against Apollo Creed, you know, the number one boxer in the world. You know, that's in the movie. Amen. And, uh, but, you know, he wasn't, you know, Sylvester Stallone that wrote this script, you know, uh, he, he, in the movie, he wasn't trying to beat his opponent. He was just trying to go the distance. He just kept saying, if nobody has went the distance with Apollo Creed, if I could just go the distance, then I would, I, I would, I would beat everybody else that never went the distance. So he wasn't looking to knock out Apollo Creed. He was just looking to go the distance. Listen, all you need to do is just go the distance with God. Just keep holding on to the unchanging hand of God and things will change. Things will progress. Keep standing in faith. Your marriage will change for the better. Keep believing. See, one of the parts of prayer is that if you want to keep passion going in your marriage, in your relationships, pray for your spouse. Pray blessings on them. 
Sometimes what we're doing is we're cursing our spouses out of our mouths. You low life son of a gun. And then we're praying, God, make them something special. It doesn't work like that. You can't curse and then make them something special. No, you're going you to have to line up. God, thank you that they're doing good and they're awesome. And Lord, that you're helping them in these areas. And, and then you've got to speak life into your families. You've got to speak life into your spouse. Maybe they're not doing everything right, but speak life anyway. I think there's a song that's called Speak Life. And we just need to speak life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And then guess what? The people around us will start conforming to the image that we have laid on them. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. I think I stepped on some toes, but they will be healed. Hallelujah. (laughs) So pray. Another way to keep the passion going is, you know, if you're married, continue to flirt with your spouse. All right. Flirt with them. Give them little notes. You know, you give them, when was the last time on Valentine's that you made a little heart and, 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 and you know, just do something corny, <laughs> cut it out of construction paper. You know what I'm talking about? And give them a heart and say, be my Valentine. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh, Lord, I better hurry up. Amen. Glory to God. So Jesus maintained his passion through one-in-one evangelism. Amen. And so, it, so when the disciples came back, um, in uh, I think this is verse 34, Jesus said to them, they said, you know, you're hungry. You need to eat. And he said, I have food you know not of. Why did he say that? Because I'm telling you, when you start walking with God and start, and start, and start ministering and witnessing to other people, I'm telling you, it will fill you. The reason why some of us are empty Christians today because we're not out there doing it too much. I almost said anything, but too much. I don't want to be too hard on you guys. But anyway, but when you start doing that, you know, I love it when I see something in the scriptures and, and I, I go to my wife and say, look at what I see. And, 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 she, and she, you know, comes back. I'm telling you, communication is the key. Most people think the, the, the key to having a passionate Marriage is to have sex every day. Well, yes, that could be good, but really communication is the key. Because you're going you're gonna to talk a lot longer than you, than you uh, the other area. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? You've got to have a relationship. You've got to like the person. That's why you have relationships and it's built on just lust. And, uh, you know, and, and, and romance, but a relationship won't maintain just on passion alone, as in, as in uh, human passion, that, that you're excited about that other person because of how they look. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? That's why and it, you can't maintain that. You've got to have a relationship. You've got to have conversation. Men, conversation with your woman. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah, women saying amen on that. That's... Amen on that. Some conversation. Amen. Let me finish my last point here. Jesus has a, a, had a passion for setting the captives free and proclaiming truth over the legalistic rules of the day. And this was so, it was so often that Je- Jesus was passionate about truth and he was passionate about setting the captives free. 
And he and listen, right here in Luke 13, this is just one example, but there's many examples of Jesus healing people on the Sabbath. Jesus wasn't, Jesus wasn't so concerned about the legalistic rule of the day. He was concerned about helping people. He was concerned about blessing people. He, that's what his concern was, was setting the catch of the street. And his concern was for truth. And it says in Luke 13, 10 through 16, it says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, uh, to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Think about this. Jesus was actually preaching, saw this lady just humped over. She stopped in the middle of his preaching and said, come on up here. Think about that. And then he said, woman, thou art loosed. Amen. In other words, he took a precedence in, in ministering the word and demonstrating the word of God. And he laid hands immediately. She was made straight and glorified God. See, God, see, God needs to be glorified. Amen. We need to glorify God. When we start glorifying God, worshiping God, even when we don't feel like it, the passion of God will start raising up in our lives. Sometimes you just got to praise God anyhow. Sometimes you just got to worship God whenever in the midnight hour. When everything seems bad, when it looks like nothing is working, when, when you're coming down with, with symptoms of, of whatever, start worshiping God. Start giving God some glory. Start thanking Jesus for his stripes. Start worshiping him. And then you, the passion would come. And you'll start, and then pretty soon the anointing will start working. It's called stirring up the gift you got to stir up the gift. And the rulers of the synagogue answered with indignation. There there was rulers in the synagogue that day. And they answered with indignation. There's always going to be religious people in the church. And, and, And because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, and they said to the crowd, there are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. So they were trying to reprimand Jesus. You know what? Man, this could have been a, this could have been one of the TV daytime shows. Jesus has came back. And the Lord then answered and said to them, hypocrites. <laughs> Think about it. Could you imagine being in that church that day? Could you imagine that? Hypocrites. Somebody, the, the pastor's being a little hard, you know. You know, Jesus said, hypocrites. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loosen his ox? Or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath? See, Jesus was like, don't, don't, don't be talking this with me. You know, Jesus was all about truth. Jesus, oh, Jesus had a problem with people that try to act like they were walking in truth, but was lying behind it. They would, they would lead their, their animals from the stall on the Sabbath to walk. They had more compassion for their animals than for people. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And I love Jesus, you hypocrites. He knew their hearts. 
What he was trying to do was wake them up to truth. What he was trying to do is get them to see the truth. Get them to evaluate what they're doing so they can turn and repent and be saved. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like we got to get passionate about the truth of God's word. We got to get passionate about the, the people that we're in relationship with. We got to get passionate in what endeavor that we're involved in. Get passionate and you'll start rising to the top. You believe that today? I tell you, you get on fire and somebody will watch you burn. You just got to get fired up for Jesus. You got, Jesus is looking for those. God's word says his eyes are going to and fro over this entire earth to find somebody whose heart is perfect towards him. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that we do everything perfect on the outside. It means that we have a perfect heart towards God, that we want to walk straight with God, that we want to do what God's telling us to do, that we want to be obedient in doing his word. He's looking looking for that type of person so he can manifest himself strong through. I'm telling you, there's people in this church that God is looking at and he sees people and their, your hearts are right and he's moving through you and he's doing miracles and I'm telling you, your passion will continue to grow and grow and grow until we see that eastern sky split wide open and Jesus will say, come up hither. It's called the rapture. Glory to God. I'm getting you guys rapture ready. You're going to be ready for the return of Jesus. Or say, I'm ready. Say, I'm staying hot for God. Say, I'm staying hot for my spouse. I don't know if I can say that, but... Stay hot. Stay excited about your relationship. Stay fired up. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. We praise you and we give you honor and glory for all that you are, all that you're doing, Lord. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that you are so good to us. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you have a desire for marriages to be in unity and one accord and to be blessed. I lift up the marriages today. I lift up the married couples. And Father God, I just pray for great grace upon them. Those that may be watching online, that you bring in grace into their life. And I thank you, Father God, that passion is coming back into the relationships of Exceed Life Church. And we just thank you, Father God, that you're moving by your way. Thank you, Father God, that we're getting passion for you. Father God, that we're getting passionate to read the Bible, to pray, to witness. Father God, we just thank you that we're getting passionate. And Father, I just thank you for those that are here. Maybe you're a visitor today. Maybe you're watching online. And you, you're, you're lacking that passion. Or maybe you've never experienced that type of passion. And I'm telling you, it's, that's the way to live your life. You're not living until you're living passionately for Jesus. So I, I want to say this to you today. If you haven't experienced Jesus, if you've never confessed Jesus, your Lord, today's the day of salvation. You may not have another chance. So I want to invite you to do that today. Just say this after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross. For my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I repent of all sin and I turn fully to you and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.
We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.